Some of us broken, some of us on fire. And Father, some of us in the middle of the road. We ask you, Lord, that your word penetrates our hearts and our minds in a new way this morning. May we be able to see where you're leading and directing us personally and collectively. And Lord, how you work and how you do things. Father, open our eyes this morning to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The more I read scripture each week and, and, and get into things and, and into the word, um, to be honest with you, Earl kind of gave me the uh, thought about the message this morning. Um, you know, as we know, he's, he's struggling with his eyesight a little bit. Um, he's been taking steroids for it and trying to get his, really can't figure out what's going on. But it took me back a few years, um, matter of fact, I was in Union City. Um, it took a, a, an elderly man to, to the doctor. His eyesight was, was going out. And they, they went and they did the testing and they found out his, uh, his uh, glaucoma was bad. Uh, water was building up and the pressure was was causing him to start losing his eyesight. So they had to give him some medication and get things figured out. And, and uh, he, he ended up, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, conquering the glaucoma and he, he still has a sight today. But I was thinking about just our, our spiritual lives, how, how sometimes we're uh, spiritually got glaucoma and, and, and how we are blinded um, on really what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be doing it. Uh, there's a scripture, and I've used this text in the past about the church, about not really having a vision where they're going or, or um, you know, in any aspect. But, but the more I read about it, 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 it's deeper than that. And I believe it still holds true, but I want to read from Proverbs 29:18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. And the more I thought about this, and the, and the deeper I started looking at it, and how other people have preached on it, you know, he's talking about um, our spiritual blindness as far as our vision. I'm going to read from uh, a different different version here. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. That's another version of it. I like the one that we, we have up here. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where I want to go here this morning is I want you to figure out where your spiritual vision is. How God is, is um, using the Holy Spirit to give a vision to you about what you're supposed to be doing. How you're supposed to be living your life. How you your, yourself has taken on a vision statement. We hear about the church, we have a vision statement, a mission statement, different things. But I believe each one of us need to sit down eventually and figure out what is our vision statement? What, about, what is our personal mission statement? God's whole mission, we know, comes from Matthew 18. Go and make disciples of all nations. I mean, that's his mission of the church. That's you know, sometimes we sit down and we break out the, you know, what exactly is the mission of the church and everything, but really, God has already laid that out for us. The mission is to go make disciples, to reach people for Jesus Christ. 
What the problem is, is cost. I want you to look at the... Come on. There we go. In Luke 14, 28, it says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Now, again, we look at things in a physical way. Now, I explained you know, this over and over and over again. The Old Testament is all physical. If you really look at the Old Testament, everything is physical. You know, when God said he's going to shoot you down and, 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 and wipe you out, he did so. The New Testament is spiritual. Everything that we look in the New Testament is in a spiritual aspect. So we need to look at this text in a spiritual way. Have you counted the cost, really, of following Jesus Christ? We have a mission, we have a vision of where we need to be. And have we counted the cost? Have we been set aside to do those kind of things? Sanctification is a huge word in the church. A lot of people don't know what sanctification is. A lot of people don't even look at that word anymore because it's churchy. I love the word sanctification. It means to be set apart. Different than the world does things. You see, we need to be the ones who count the cost of what is it going to take for me to be a witness and a visionary for Jesus Christ in order to take his spirit in me and to pass it out. You see, the vision they're talking about here is, um, you know, to, to really see who and what God wants in you. That's the vision we're talking about. Allowing the Holy Spirit, which he left for us, amen? He left it for us. He says, I leave you an advocate, a counselor, somebody to direct you when I leave. And that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's job is to give us vision of where we need to be. Revelation on how we need to, do, need to do things. How we need to live. But I believe it's very important to sit down and count the cost. Am I fully in? Am I one who is willing to, to, to count that cost? To, to say, you know what? I'm 100% ready to do this. Now the church's vision... You guys did really good. I believe you're doing really good with that because you said we're all in. You counted the cost. You said, okay, what's it going to take to reach this community for Jesus Christ? And, and we're starting to do it. We're, we're starting to, to get plans and, and, and do those kind of things. And that takes us to 1 Corinthians. I don't know why I'm pointing there. It doesn't do anything pointing up there. <laughs> old school. Old school. Yes. I could point it up in the air. There we go. But 1 Corinthians 14, 40, it says, But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. You ever sit down and figure out, I need to be orderly? I need to be have a, a purpose and a plan of how I'm going to reach people for Jesus? You see, when we do that, we can sit down and say, you know what? I counted the cost then. If I counted the cost and I'm orderly and I have, I have uh, you know, the, the, the proper things in place, I'm not doing it in chaos because Scripture says God's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. He, he wants order. And I know some of you think, man, this dude, he, he is chaos. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have a plan. <laughs> I pray for everything we do. Even, even the lights we put up here, I prayed for it. I prayed about it. 
I looked at it, I talked to people, I, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm consulting with younger people than you guys in a lot of things, and, and really non-church people. What's appealing? What isn't? And then I pray about it. There is order, believe it or not. You all might feel chaos, but trust me, there, there's, there's very much order in this. Did you ever think about when you first came to Christ? Some of you might not even be there yet. I don't know. Scripture says to remember your first love. That time that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You see, that helps with your vision. Why am I doing what I'm doing? I mean, John will go out in his, his tractor and, and plant corn with the idea that he's He's going to plant sweet tomatoes. <laughs> He's got a plan, right? I'm putting corn seed in. I'm, putting, I'm, I'm doing this, and this is what I'm going to end up. So when we do that, God blesses it. If we sit back and we say, you know what? I have a plan. I know what I'm going to do today, tomorrow, and the next day. And sharing my vision of Jesus Christ. We can't have a vision. And we can't be connected with him unless we're in the word. And if we're not in prayer. And I'm assuming and I'm praying that you all are getting the word of God out during the week. Do you know 92% of Christians... Say they never get their Bible up there in a week? 92%. That's sad. I'm not sure how I would know a plan if someone isn't telling me what that plan is. Because God says, What? I have a plan for you. It's not my plan, it's God's plan. And see, that's where we mess up, is because when it becomes our plan, it fails. But if we're incoherent and we're in line with what God's plan is, we can take that revelation, that vision, and pass it on. I want to read from Revelation 3, 14 through 22. And this is a, this is a long one. But I want you, I want you to hear the words of... Uh, you know, to this is a letter to, to, to uh, Laodicea, and and it's it's powerful. It, it really takes you back to again that first time that you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, and what are you doing with it? Says the angel of the church in Laodicea, right? These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one of those. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. A lot of, a lot of uh, versions say I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I mean, it's that sickening to God. You say I'm rich, and I have acquired wealth, and, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are a wretched pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. 
I counsel you to buy from the gold refined in fire, so you can become rich in white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right hand, the right to sit on, uh, with me on the throne, just as I have victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, what the Lord has to say to us. Do you remember that day that the Lord came knocking on your door? I'm going to give you a little part of my testimony this morning. Again, you're not ready for the whole thing. Trust me. I want to be here a couple months first. <laughs> When I first got married, um, Christine and I, neither one of us went to church. We were trying to figure out who we were as a couple. We had um, gotten pregnant with Jennifer before marriage. And this was my BC days, before Christ. So we got, uh, we got pregnant with Jennifer and, and we ended up getting married and we got, ended up getting married. We were actually engaged before, uh, she found out she was pregnant. But when she found out, instead of uh, um, um, a May wedding, we, we backed it to Mark so her wedding dress would fit. Anyways, we got married and uh, you know we had Jennifer and, and uh, I had a, a, a print shop at the time. And we were, we were down and out. I mean, things were not going well. And my brother Rick, he kept saying, where's your spiritual life at? I have a spiritual life. I raised, I got raised in the church up until I was 13, and and kind of vanished, and and um, and, and I thought I had told you guys this, but I was talking to a woman yesterday. But I, I was raised in a carnival uh, from eight years old until 28. I was, uh, I ran those games that ripped you off every time you went. Uh, but um, at the age of 21 is when um, Christine and I got married, and and uh, anyways, the print shop wasn't going so well, and. And a friend of mine who I played basketball with, his dad comes in. He's a pastor at, at the Lutheran Church. He said, Scott, I need a, a coach for the girls' uh, seventh, eighth grade basketball team. He said, he said, would you do that for me? I said, I don't know. I said, I said is that at your Lutheran school there? He said, yeah. I said, I, I don't know. He said, well, he said, he said I, I heard it. Things aren't going so well. He says, he says we pay a little bit. I said, and I, he got my attention then. I thought it was totally a volunteer job and uh, so anyways he said he said I got paid a little bit and so I did and uh, we were about three weeks in the practice if you've ever coached or ever been involved with kids you build a relationship up real fast in three weeks you get to know who these girls are and these you know who, what they're about and and, and uh, particularly seventh grade girls they want to share everything I mean most of the time I say I don't want to hear that but uh, we had fun and then Pastor Myers comes to me after practice one night. He says, Scott, he said, I forgot to tell you something. He didn't forget to tell me. 
he said, uh, part of coaching, he says, you're expected to be in church on Sundays. I said, you sneaky dog. <laughs> I had no desire to go to church. I had, I had, I, I, I had no desire. And, and the Lutheran church is very liturgical. I mean, they read a lot. They, they, they do a lot of reciting back and forth. And, and I was raised in the Lutheran church, so I was used to it. But um, anyways, Christine and I are sitting in service, and we're about probably a month into going to service. And Pastor Myers was preaching. I can't tell you what he preached. All I know was God came knocking on the door. And I ended up going down to the altar. And you didn't go to the altar in Lutheran church. And uh, I went down the altar, and I was bawling, and, 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 and he comes over during the last song. He says, what's going on? I said, I don't know. He said, I think God's got a hold of me. And he says, I think. He says, I know he does. And he prayed with me. And again, that's not the usual thing at that kind of church. And he prayed with me to accept Christ. And, and, um, and Christine was already there. She was just kind of waiting for me to get my act together. Anyways, we started uh, uh, getting into the church a little bit. But at the end of the ball season, he asked me to uh, be the youth pastor for the for the church. He says, "I see some gifts in you." He says, "I, I want I want to use you for that." And I thought, man, I, I have nothing. I have no idea. And I shared a little bit how I started youth ministry. We did a lot of bowling, pizza, and stuff, and, and not a lot of God's word. But um, anyways, it was a start. But I remember. Specifically, I can't tell you the date and time, all that kind of stuff, like a lot of people can. But I know it was at service. You know, when I read this scripture, I look back to that. Do you remember back when God knocked on your door? <laughs> and he continues to do that. He continues to knock on our door, I believe. And he says, you know what? I just want to come in. I want to share my vision. I want to share my mission of the church with you. And that's through his word. And that's how the door is open. You see, if we're not even in the house to answer the door, how can we let God in? So my encouragement today for you is to be in the Word. Be in, at home. And you don't have to be at home. At home, you can be wherever. Be in prayer. Scripture says that. Be in, in prayer continuously. Without ceasing. Just keep in prayer. Keep in with, with God. I mean, everything you do, ask God. Lord, do you think I should get in the car wash today? Yeah. Yeah, dirty. He wants me to be clean. Do you include him in, with, with things? I know that sounds a little weird, but honestly, I mean, that's a, it's a communication thing. It's putting your God in your life on a continuous basis. He's already there anyways. He already sees you. He's already here. He knows what you're doing and what you're thinking. You might as well share it with him. Without vision, we perish. The message, if you ever read the, the message, it says those who don't listen are all messed up. That's basically what the message says. And I like that. It, you know, it, it opens up to, um, you know, to, to, to what we're doing. I mean, if we're not listening, if we're not really seeking that, that vision, spiritually we just perish. I don't want anyone to perish. I don't. I'd like to be in His Word. But you stumble and you fall occasionally. But I know where to go back to. 
I know where to repent. I know where to ask for forgiveness. And again, you don't have to come to me for that. You go to your Lord anytime. It says, so I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold ahead of has been peered by fire. Purified by fire. There's a story of uh, in India. There's a young man there that um, he had glaucoma. And in, the, in, in India, in the in the back country, there's not a lot of treatment, so a lot of people go blind. They lose their eyesight because of it. But there was one young man. He happened to be at the right place at the right time, and the doctor said, "You know what? I think I can help with that." So he took him in, and he he did surgery, and he recuperated. He ended up with his eyesight. And he was so excited, he went back to uh, his village. And about a month later, the surgeon had a knock on his door. He opens up the door, and here's the guy standing in front of him who he had the surgery on. And behind him, he's holding a rope. And there's 20 guys who were hanging on to this rope who had the same condition. And right there, that guy who was healed, he started a, a mission and a ministry over there called The Rope. Who was hanging on the rope for you? Who brought you before the Lord? Who's on your rope today? Are you leading anyone? in the right direction. You see, it took a month for him to get back there because, again, he was orderly. He counted the cost because it was like a three-day walk. And he wasn't just walking across country. He was leading these 20 guys by a rope. And they're all blind. Can you imagine that snake? But he counted the cost. He, he got a plan. He figured it out. You see, at first, he, he didn't know how he was going to get 20 guys across. So what was his plan? His rope. And that impacted these guys. And the surgeon couldn't turn them away. He said, if they were willing to get here, I'm going I'm to help them. And the same with God. He doesn't turn anyone away, does he? If we lead them, He'll do what he needs to. So physically, look at your rope this week. Maybe you're on that rope being led. Maybe you're the rope leader. Either way, God's got a plan. He's got a vision for you. So again, who's on your rope? Helping guide them. Young men will have visions. Old men will dream dreams. Scripture says that. How young is young, and how old is old. I believe He gives us all a vision. Now, I don't have physical eyesight vision, 
But I'm going to tell you right now, I spent a lot of time in this room praying. And the Holy Spirit has put on my heart and in my head a refuseful. And it's not just a wishful thought. I believe it's the Holy Spirit saying, just keep going. It's a long desert to walk across. But you got a rope. Just got to go out there and get people who are blind and bring them in. You see, God says we're the light of the world. A bunch of little flashlights out there in the dark world makes a big difference. So be praying, be leading. Start with a small rope if you need to. But get a rope. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Father, I read this scripture, I don't know how many times. Now I've looked at it as the church, if they didn't have a vision, that the church would die. I still believe that. But it's even more personal than that. It's each one of us. So Father, I pray for the health of each and every person here. Not just physically, but spiritually. Father, I pray that, that we grab our rope and we start just walking around town and see who grabs onto it. Lord, you do have a plan. And we know your, your plan is not a plan of chaos, but of order. Father, forgive us when we do fall and we fail. When we get negative and, and judgmental sometimes and some of the other things that we shouldn't be doing. But it's so nice that we're able to come to you, turn that stuff over, and, and you to redeem us in that promise of a new day. So, Father, give us the vision of you, of reaching people for you and your Son. Father, give us open doors and open hearts and open minds to hear your word. And Lord, we pray for our meeting this afternoon as we meet with the other church. And Father, I pray these, these, these outreaches, these things that we're, we're, we're um, trying to reach this community, you use that, Lord. Because we sat down and we did come to cost. It's going to be a hard day. It's going to be a hard weekend. But there's a plan, and there's a, there's, it's organized, and it's ready to go. But Father, let us keep in mind that we're doing this for you, to glorify you and not us. It's not about us. Father, be with us this, this afternoon. Put a hedge of protection around our families, our kids, our grandkids that are, some are, are very a long distance away, some are close. 
Father, do that so we don't worry. Lord, I, I lift up my daughter-in-law, her family this morning too, which I forgot earlier. She lost her grandma. And, and uh, I just pray, Lord, that you just take care of every aspect of that. And Father, if, if somebody doesn't know you, I pray your word penetrates their heart tomorrow. So Lord, be with us now as we close, as we go into our community time, our, our, our quiet worship with you, Lord. Just speak to us in your name. Amen.